Hey everyone, this is Karan Gurbaksani. Welcome to Life, Love and the Arts, the podcast where we talk to artists about uh, their life and the arts. And I'm really happy um, for my guest today, a really good friend, actor in theaters and ads, uh, great singer, great performer, and a whole lot of other things. And uh, so, welcome, without any further ado, Roni. Hi. Thanks for coming through. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> um, and finally, we're here after everything that's happened, all the tiny little barriers along the way. So how's it going? What have you been up to? So when the lockdown hit initially, I think it was a little surprising. So my mom and my sister are super clued into the news. So they kind of had a sense that something weird was about to go down. Yeah. So I feel like on some level, I was mentally being prepared, thankfully, but it was still quite a shock. Yeah, so I think the main thing for me was actually, I felt like shoots and recordings would still happen, but because theater is so, sort of like, uh, you know, something that I love so much, I was just wondering what the fate of that would be. But before that, I think more importantly, I was just hit by the humanity, everyone kind of struggling to make sense of this and how to get out of it. But also the positive side of it was we're all trying to figure this out together. So that was nice in a way. Actually, a level of this whole lockdown, this whole experience of COVID has made, has leveled everyone in some sense. True. So it's almost like everyone's human and we're all just as vulnerable as each other, you know, and that's like a perception that you don't tend to have sometimes. I think like it's, it's gotten people to think more about everyone else and the situations that people are struggling with. But also I feel like it's helped people understand that in a way, um, the privileges that they have and maybe people didn't realize before, like even the smallest stuff, like we saw um, what was happening with the migrants and people who are struggling who weren't from the city and stuff. So I think in that sense, it's like it's given people a new perspective on just appreciating the stuff they already have. Yeah, definitely. A lot of gratitude and a lot of understanding that everything you thought you had was a big deal actually on some level isn't because your health is like universal. So... Uh, and I think it also slowed down the whole rat race. At least in Mumbai, we have the, we had this crazy race that everyone was running all the time. And I think yes. involuntarily, maybe, like, I, I feel everyone just needed that time out to just reassess what's really important in their life and what they want to do. That is so true. Like, I feel like it's made you just stay still and slow down. And uh, while that is everyone's fear on some level, like, your worst fear is you have to slow down and you don't have choice. Um, but it's kind of, I think, made everyone just stay still, just try and get some time to hear yourself think, I guess, you know. So it's been productive on a spiritual level, even though that sounds really, like, uh, pretentious. Yeah. But, you know, but it actually, I think, on some level has made everyone, you know how they say, like, all of us have come out through one seed. And there's so many things you fight about, you know, there's race, color, class, so many things that so-called make you different uh, but I feel like this situation has kind of made everyone realize that we're all the same on some level so that kind of uniting that was the surprising thing for me I think I knew that there was going to be a lot of terrible things but I didn't expect that everyone would come together in this way and be so hopeful and for me that was like wow I mean look at all the positivity and just people who've been like delivering food uh, to you know frontline workers and Things that they were immediately able to react and be proactive in a crisis and just think about those. Um, like my mom has a thing where, you know, in a crisis situation, 
think about the, those most affected and if that person is you then take your time and if that person is someone else then wait help them out and then That's and then get to yeah. yourself yeah so, fair enough so obviously you went to arts college yeah. in bangalore and then you after that you immediately went to film school for screenwriting so how was that was that a transition you were eager to make was that something that just happened in the moment mm. so i i feel like if i think about my journey of, as a creative person and especially this lockdown has given me time to reflect look at my life as, as the big picture um i realized that like i think early on i think it started for me with music because right. uh, we would have academics of course and we you know we went to school and all of that but um and i i liked to study but i think for me music was always like the portal into art so i i used to learn music and bharatanatyam and um since my dad's a musician my sister and i grew up kind of surrounded by music and musicians so like jam sessions and we'd be these two little babies in the middle of it all just like looking at all the professional musicians doing that thing and like oh my god <laughs> like do, where do we fit in all this uh and i think we just picked up rhythm and and melody and technique and also maybe had it on some level naturally so that lends itself to us kind of singing with like the melimeta music foundation and doing a lot of rails workshops kids theater kind of things that they would do so it started off early on in that sense and then balancing academics and then still keeping the performance going became tough and then i also was a voice over artist actually as a child so i would go like finish school and then go do voice over <laughs> yeah so i didn't realize it like like you mentioned earlier when we were chatting that you do things and then you don't realize what you've been doing so you're just you know you're just moving along so that was that was the starting point for me i think and then i you know finished and i really got into school and studying and board exams and whatnot so that took a little bit of my time finished a degree and then i think the turning point for me was when my school offered uh the option of dropping maths and science same yeah. um <laughs> right yeah. that was <laughs> that like was a revolution right that was like yes like, burden off my back yeah like liberation so suddenly for me like the world was open because my mom and dad were always super chill they both were in the advertising industry so they both chose jobs that were like rather different for their time as it is i think um and my sister is a therapist so also unconventional you would say so i didn't have anyone in my immediate family who said oh you have to be like a doctor or lawyer but just society in general is something that made me think about it then i took a french you know humanities psychology sociology in the world of understanding human beings and i think for me that has always been like central to my uh, excitement to be an artist and create just getting to know people having conversations like these understanding human beings and then you know expressing that either through you know singing uh, or writing or acting you know but just centrally understanding the human condition and, and empathy and just people you know so that's that's where eventually that journey lends itself to you know me kind of looking to something more and that's when i discovered this amazing course in bangalore which was basically a course in western theater like broadway musical theater and greek tragedies along with that it also offered me literature and media so i had like options you know in the entertainment space so there was theater there was film so it was a dream essentially for me it was um, like a perfect fit yeah. for you at the time absolutely you you would probably go back and do yes, it yes definitely I was just amazing. So I just completely was just spellbound by the course. I gained so much from it. I learned to write plays. I learned to act in plays. I learned to sing. You know, better, more, perform, uh, open up as a performer. Um, I directed a musical, so I learned to kind of look at it from that perspective. You know, the larger perspective. Yeah. So that kind of, I think, my a really specific moment I can remember was when I looked at the stage 
and I was my first day of directing the musical and there was this plan. So as a performer, you have something to work off. You know, you have a script or you have a director, but when you're actually directing something, you have a script, but the stage is blank. It, it scared me and I believe that if something scares you, you're on the right track. Like you have to go after it. If it's scary, then you're, that's it. Like that's, you're on the right pulse, you know. So I looked at the stage and I was like, how do I tell these actors what to do and how am I going to do this? And the minute they came on, because I didn't tell them this because you can't do that. <laughs> I just went with my instincts. And I think that was the first time I understood the concept of art and intuition where I really didn't know. I had no plan, you know, like, because I think directing and blocking is not something you can completely plan. You know, you can have a certain like fallback, but you can't really know what the actor is going to do, when they're going to sigh and when they're going to like strip but yeah, in a nice yeah, way yeah. <laughs> you know so i think especially with theater because that's something that's um, a little less planned than a film because in film you can cut but in theater once once you start there's no stopping it so, so then you have to get into that whole thing where you trust your uh, fellow collaborators and sort of you have to sort of give into the process a little bit more like and seed some control i think that's nice though it's a different perspective on on direction even yeah. But sure. that was your first time directing that ever. That was my first time directing ever. Yeah, that actually taught me to let go. Because like you said, um, theater is what they call an actor's medium. So eventually you have to trust and collaborate and let go. And I was quite a control freak. So Something to learn at every I'm, turn. Exactly. Yeah. So it was really difficult for me to say, okay, this is what I want you to do. Now I'm going to completely let go. And I'm not going to, you know, like in the edit in a film like you mentioned, you can... You know, you can do something. But in theatre, I think theatre teaches you to just trust yourself. I later um, finished that. Then I came back to Bombay. Uh, I think Bangalore is a great city to grow as an artist because people slow down there. And that's so important for an artist. Like just to whew, take a moment, you know, hear yourself think. And it's a silent city, you know, compared to Bombay. So those three years were really just a lot of like a melting pot of experiences for me and just developing as a person. Then I came to Bombay and I kept going with my intuition. So I was like, I want to prepare myself so that I have multiple options as career points and just be, say, a polymath, which is someone who has more than one skill, rather than going the specialist route where you pick one, you know, because that was what excited me. And I, and I knew that I had to justify that excitement with a lot of learning, you know, so people trusted me in different fields, you know, because otherwise you can become a jack of all trades if you don't put in enough effort in every area. Like that fear is there at least you know, in, in within me. So I was like, I want to learn. I want to make sure that, you know, even if one is more my skill than another, like I knew performing was something that I was naturally more keen on than writing. But somewhere I knew that if I don't develop my storytelling skills, it's going to be tough for me to, you know, understand the world storytelling, like, which is, you know, at the heart of it, that's what it is. So that was an interest also, a passion. So that helped. And then, you know, and then I met all of you. So I got an insight into different worlds also explore the world of visuals and kind of cinematography and then when you would go into those spaces I would learn so much you know so film school is great in that way because it teaches you not just what you're learning but also everyone else's perspective like Anishka's direction Ashwin was so passionate about both writing and direction you know so those different spaces um, and just people and even in Whistling Woods and I shot um, a short film like I acted in a short film and also learned to write and stuff. So, and during that time is when I started also performing in theatre. I did, you know, Sound of Music and went on to then, um, wow, there's so much to say. Uh, I feel like you don't realize how much you're doing until 
you start talking about it and they're like oh i've been doing stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. so basically after that i kind of um, i wanted to learn so the, the key was always curiosity and learning you know so more than achievement oriented because i think somewhere in school i realized that um, achievement can make you uh, can stunt your growth because you only think about the outcome whereas if you get become process oriented and you're all about thinking on a day to day how am i growing as an artist and how am i learning and let's not think about the outcome let's focus on the process and hope that it gets us there you know uh, that became way more effective because i think when i studied i would be very outcome oriented i'd like have to get these many marks and you know i was like a big nerd <laughs> like oh i have to plan it and but that beyond a point is not meaningful because eventually what stays with you is what you learn um and that's what takes you forward as a professional whether it's academics or whether it's you know um the art um so yeah so i think that was really nice to explore the unknown constantly um and keep figuring out what don't i know what do i need to know more um so i think that led me to film school and screenwriting then i kind of got a job with this a director called ram madhwani who recently they made arya with sushmita sen for disney plus hot star uh, so they made meerja before and i learned a lot from them i worked as an assistant writer uh, slash director assistant for about a year and um, i worked in production house i learned to be an ad i learned to like develop a feature film script sort of from start to finish with him um and as much as i'd learned it you know in in college doing it with a professional in a real environment helped me open up to the whole concept of okay so knowing is important but also not knowing is knowing right. you know cuz if you're not willing to say to yourself i don't know you won't be open to learning new things and the pressures of of being a professional in the arts is so much that you keep feeling like you have to show everyone that you know because you're young <laughs> and you know you don't want people to think that you don't know and yeah. you know all those pressures yeah. start to yeah. come and you start getting that imposter syndrome exactly. it's like should i even be here and what am i doing here do i really know what i'm doing exactly Exactly. all these experienced people but i think that's part of the process i don't think anyone um gets into it knowing everything and i think the more you um work the more you realize people are open to you making a few mistakes at least because they realize and maybe they've been there themselves and they know like okay like along the way you might um screw up a few things but you get that. i i think the process is important and also like where you're coming from as an artist if someone can see that you're willing to put in the work and you're sincere about your art they're willing to give you a little more leeway at least from my experiences recently i've, I've felt that because yeah you're so right actually that's nice to know i'm just like feeling nice hearing that right now <laughs> yeah yeah because i had one of those experiences recently so uh, because i've been stuck at home i've been doing a lot of projects from home like all of us so i've been Yeah, it's a weird yeah, world we live in now. There's people going to work, and then there's other people who still haven't been able to get back to work. So that's a that's a whole different pressure. But like I've been working from home, so I've been doing like projects from home. I've been doing treatments uh, for ads and stuff. So you know, you you kind of get nervous because I wasn't a DA, but I got projects to make treatments for certain production houses and. that made me really nervous because i was like i've never done this before and these are like huge directors who do like big ads for big brands and so even if you think you know everything about your field like for me it was cinematography and a bit of direction but then you go into like a sort of slightly left field of that and you want to write a treatment you get really nervous so 
but it's important that you get someone who's willing to put a little bit of faith and trust in you. Like they were like, it's fine. We'll send you some stuff from before. You can check it out. And so that's always a nice sort of uh, learning curve to have with someone who's willing to do that. Actually, that reminded me of like this moment last year. I did a lot of plays. Uh, like I did an ad. We shot a web series together that I acted in, and you shot. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so through that, and I also worked. I also worked as like a, in the content team with Disney as a writer. So lots of things were happening. Um, but this one moment kind of sticks close about what you were talking about related to faith. Where you know I had this moment with this choreographer. Her name is Shampa. Uh, she's amazing. I'm glad I didn't Google her before <laughs> before being taught by her because I would have been super intimidated. Uh, but she's just fantastic as a human being. You know, uh, along with being a choreographer. Uh, so I learned a lot uh, in terms of what you're talking about faith, you know. So I had this lovely moment where Ira, the director, uh, she was kind of doing a workshop with us, getting all of us to bond and collaborate and just trust and become sensitive to each other's movements, you know, and learn to kind of let go of our bodies and control our body depending on the scene and what it, you know, asked. And I kind of had a moment where basically everyone, I had to shut my eyes and trust everybody else to do whatever they wanted to me. Uh, so folk lead, push lead, pull me, whatever, you know, and I had to just kind of let go and just relax enough that I'm trusting them, but not so much I'm letting go of my body control completely. So that was interesting because I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> because I was like, whoa, let go of everything and close my eyes. How do I do this, you know? Um, and I remember at that point, um, Shampa and I think even Ira, both of them just kind of called out to me and they said, you know, uh, no, don't stop because you need to learn to have faith. And I think that just stuck something inside of me uh, and I relaxed. What I realized was faith, like you said, is so integral, not just to human interaction, you know, the, our faith in people's goodness, the fact that things will turn out well. Um, but it's also so important, like you said, in the creative process. Because unless you are willing to go into the unknown, you will not discover new innovation and ideas. Because the fundamentals of ideation and ideas is that it comes from your gut. It comes from somewhere deep. It comes from a place which even you don't know. So if you're not, if you're trying to control things, if you're, you know, not having enough faith, you won't discover the very idea that lies within you. So, you know, that was an amazing discovery for me because I realized I had to fundamentally as a person, as a human being, just develop a lot of faith in myself, you know, and a lot of positivity. Um, even more than I had, way, way more, you know, because um, I've always been a hopeful person, but I think, uh, and a happy person, I guess, but just to have that complete blind faith, you know, in the process and trust the process and trust the people you're collaborating with to let, to, to show your vulnerability and to show your mistakes to them, you know, um, to make the creative sort of product or the creative artwork. So just to touch on the theater as an actor in theater, we've spoken about this before, about your workshops and stuff before you start the play, which I found really interesting and intriguing. So you mentioned with this play, you all had gone on a retreat and you all had workshops uh, out of town and even in Bombay where you all had to start uh, building up this sort of trust and bond with your fellow castmates. So how how does that uh, help you and change you um, for the role, like physically and psychologically? Because I know you told me you had like, it opened up some mental barriers for you. So what what exactly did they make you do and how did that help? So I think um, one of the key fundamentals of acting, I think, is letting go. Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of personal boundaries 
that you're willing to let go of in that space for the job or you have to be willing to. So where, whereas in normally in normal life, you can go into a room and you can decide who touches you, who you give a hug, who you don't want to give a hug. Right. But here it's all in the character and you have to let the character lead you. Uh, and in order to do that, you have to allow somebody else's instincts to take over and not your own. So therefore, I may be, for example, attracted to someone and then there may be someone, me, Rohini is not, but the character is. So how do I stay true to that and stay authentic? And you know, when I say attraction, I don't mean just like physical attractiveness, but when you want to show soulful, deep attraction between two people or a deep friendship, for example, a connection. I may not connect with someone, for example, mm. uh, but the character has. So in order to do that, you have to be willing to trust other people because your character is also another human being but the question is to kind of how do you start listening so that is when basically they, they did a lot of workshops with us where they took us to a retreat and um you know all of us would start working out in the morning together and i definitely had a lot of fears related to nature i'm, I'm not a nature person <laughs> i prefer not to get too messy and stuff um so i the director um was just fantastic with us. She's the kind of person who kind of, if she realizes you're afraid of something, she will say, hey, go do it. Uh, so that, I figured that about her by then. So I was like, okay, if she's going to do this anyway, and she's this is her way of working, I might as well help her, you know, rather than getting in the way with my own inhibitions and just approach everything like that, you know? So I had like this fear of like waking up early. Irrational, weird. Um, so then I just decided, right? So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to wake up at five. If everyone has to waking up at 7 or 8, I'm going to wake up at 5, do my vocal warm-up, connect with nature, and um, and then go into it. So, for example, if she'd say, hey guys, which workout do you want to do? Or you pick an exercise. And I would think of the exercise that scared me the most. And there's this exercise called bear claws, um, and we had to do it in the grass. So in my head, I was like, if I had to do bear claws, like literally tugging into the grass and the dirt and the insects, like <laughs> that would be scary for me. So I was like, hey, I'm going to suggest this. You know, yeah. so I started challenging myself by suggesting and throwing myself into the same kind of scary sort of, you know, fearful things that she would have thrown me into anyway. That really opened me up because then suddenly I was just fearless. Yeah. Like nothing, you know, none of my inhibitions personally came in the way of me and my art, you know, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, so it's sort of like you submitted the process, but then you also, it comes back to having some faith in like the opposite number. Uh, whether that's an artist, like a director Absolutely. or an actor. Absolutely. In your space, you know, because uh, you have to own the space, you have to own the people, you know, so you have to be able to feel like, oh, I can reach out and I can um, connect with my co-actor and it's okay. In the moment if we're on stage and, you know, I reach out and I look at you and I react, I, I have to have faith that you'll, you'll connect with me or I won't improvise, for example, and then it won't be natural. It won't flow. So that's what happened for us, you know, where she even did an exercise with us where we had to sit together and then just touch like different parts of our face or our hair, you know, and just connect with each other, understand each other, hear each other breathing, you know. So there's a sense of going outside of yourself and seeking connection with your co-actors, you know, and with, with the space. We did um, shows in Prithvi, um, we did shows in uh, G5A in Bombay and then we went on to Bangalore and we did a couple of shows there as well and all the different theatres were actually quite different in their makeup so we had to kind of change our you know positioning everything according to whether it was a square whether it was a proscenium theatre you know or box theatre you know so different kinds of spaces 
So there was a lot that we needed to be prepared for in terms of just throwing ourselves into new spaces, new things, you know. So it couldn't yeah. be completely decided. That's why she was teaching us to have faith in each other. Because if you have faith in your co-actors and you know that you have each other's back, um, and we in fact would do this lovely thing before the show where we would hug each other and say, "I've got your back," like an affirmation. So all of these things just culminate into natural reactions as actors, naturally reacting to the story rather than con- constructing a reaction, and just letting go and letting sort of letting it come alive uh, and take a life of its own. So I think yeah, because we react to life eventually as people, you know. So similarly, I think in art also it's important to react to the story, um, and and engage with it from time to time, but react mainly. So I think the faith factor really brings out your ability to react then, because you have faith that you can react, and then the story will kind of find its way. I think that that's a great segue to the next thing I want to know in terms of reaction. I think what theater provides is this sort of instant reaction from your audience. And that's something that's not there in um, the film medium. Since you've done both, how is that different? Do you prefer one over the other? I think for me, it's always been like just art in general. Like even in terms of do I prefer singing over acting over writing? I couldn't say. I just have a deep passion for the art. Yeah. So I think whether it's film or theater, it's it's the same. I I just know that I have to be mindful of the medium and how to use it. But per se, I don't have a favorite. I would say. Um, but having said that, time I I shot a film because theater I've been doing since I was six, right? So for me that has obviously been a comfort zone. Yeah, it comes with more. Yeah, action. it comes because I just know more. Like now, after a couple of years of film, now I can say that I'm it's a balance. But say a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, but I've done theater more, it's, you know. But then I learned to kind of be comfortable with throwing myself into spaces of the unknown. So now it's like, oh, okay, whatever the medium, I will try and understand it for what it is. And not judge it by the other. Mm. So that was exciting for me to learn that uh, through film. But definitely, I think what excited me with film was that there was a crew, and it was a bathroom scene, and we were shooting um, where I was meant to like you know have a moment and maybe like uh, have a, like a little bit of a sad moment. So I was actually it was my moment with myself, the characters' moment with themselves. But I could hear and feel the energy of the crew, and I think for me that became the instant feedback. I was looking for that naturally because all the other actors are so used to it. Um, so I think somewhere that replicated itself in the crew because I got lucky. I had a really involved crew; they were very excited, you know. Um, so that was nice. But yeah, so I think that's what I would say. The first time that was my sort of change shift. I was like, ah, okay, so. This time the audience is not really, you know, the camera is your focus point. Yeah. But you do have human energy in your crew, so I was grateful uh, to have that. And I think once you spend enough time with people, whether that's a crew or a cast, you can feel that energy. You can sort of tap into it, and it it exists. Like you know, yes. it's it's sort of this aura around people. You can feel that they're nervous yeah. about a scene. So even the crew can be nervous about a particular important scene, yeah. and you, you can yeah. sort of. Happen in that, or maybe ignore it, depending on yeah. <laughs> your state of mind. But yeah, that's cool. That's cool for sure. Yeah, and I I feel like another thing that really helped me was that because I worked as an AD and writer and a singer and then an actor, I think that just gave me a gamut of sound, uh, sto- like script and then direction and then acting. So yeah. I think for me that allowed me to feel a part of everything. Like understanding that as an actor you're nervous, but as a crew member. You know, there's nervousness there too. So being sensitive to that, and then being open to the lovely creative energy that every department brings to bring together a show, um, that can be great because I think we all feed off of each other's creative energies. Okay. So if you're sensitive to that, and if you're able to realize the value of it and understand what's going on 
because if you've worked as an AD, if you've worked as a writer, if you've worked, you know, so the more you work and the more experience you gain, the more exciting it becomes sure. to be part of the process. So I think that also really helped, you know, just being able to sense everyone's nervous but excited creative energy and then feel like you're one team. But like also, I think um, since you've also worked as an AD and you know, right, I think you also get like this unique point of view from the other person. Like when you're on a project as an actor, you'll probably know what the AD is also going through and you might know that, okay, this is where they're coming from, which is why they're asking me to do this. For sure. And I think there's this interesting concept actually in nature for like anthropocentrism versus biocentrism. Anthropocentrism means this is me and everything around me becomes the environment. Uh, versus biocentrism means I'm part of the environment and there are different parts and we all together come together to make the environment. That's a nature thing in terms of just being ecologically conscious, understanding that you are part of the environment and man, as in we as human beings, are not the center, but rather part of a bigger whole. So I think that's something that COVID has really brought to us in terms of the fact that we are part of a larger environment of the world. Uh, but I think that really finds its way back into art because I feel like, as say for an actor, uh, being able to hold the center and knowing that that's important for the job is a requirement. And similarly, maybe a writer or an ED, uh, knowing that you are equally the center and equally you have to hold your own space is important. And then sort of each of these professions, then knowing that, yes, you hold your space and you're able to hold space, you know, for the other person. And still knowing that you all come together to make up this film. And I think knowing that, being conscious of that, the fact that we are the center, but we are also not the center. And not worrying about being seen, you know, because um, one thing that was interesting this lockdown is being seen by each other was not possible. So somewhere you start to feel like if I'm not seen by other people, do I even exist? And I think that kind of helps you develop a healthy correlation as an artist between being heard and being seen. Because on set, it's important, everyone, every artist wants visibility, right? Yeah, you want yeah, people yeah. to look at you. But you actually want people to look at you so that they'll eventually hear you. That's the journey. So I think that that sort of sense of uh, and like being a center and not being center kind of brings together being seen and being heard. And then being comfortable with people looking at you. And some people don't like attention. Some people do. So everyone has their struggles with it, you know, uh, as to, oh, I don't want so many people looking at me. Or, hey, everyone look at me. You know, why is why aren't people looking at me? So everyone has their own journey. Um, but I think eventually, once you get past whether people are looking at you, whether people are paying attention to you, I think it's about what you have to say. And being comfortable to be able to share your thoughts or your ideas. Um, and I think, yeah, the combination of that, essentially. Yeah, and finding that balance and in-between is important. So I think that was one thing that I learned to be really open to developing many skills. Right now that you said it's important to have a lot of skills, like you were talking about um, how you've sort of gone full circle and you've gone back to singing. And you're working with your dad for now because COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how has that been? Because I think that's maybe like um, your first sort of the talent that you connected with first, if not the most. So it must be fun to go back doing it and now you're doing it more professionally and uh, you're learning the intricacies of it and the, the technicalities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, so. so actually my dad, he's been someone who's parallelly had a music career and a career in the creative as a creative director. Um, so he kind of was exploring storytelling and music in his own way throughout his career. And he then pursued a career in, in, in being a jazz musician for a long time. 
while still composing you know he released his album was like number one on itunes india he's doing oh, wow. all of that while still you know so he's been a giant animal in himself that i have not really looked at because i think i was just trying to figure my own journey and not define it by anyone else and just make sure it's authentic to who i am you know um so he was he's been at it and then he kind of set up this company which basically creates sonic identities um for brands uh and basically uh if the whole world were blind for example how would your brand be recognized how would people resonate and connect with your brand and the power of sound which really is universal because sound and music is something that everyone connects with you know and uh, that eventually led to him doing um the sound and creating the international sonic identity of a brand um and uh, they were able to do it like in terms of creating latino sounds creating chinese sounds of the same brand then creating indian indian cultural sounds you know and then there's so much diversity in that so just creating a full soundscape for the brand a consistent soundscape you know um and that led him to actually then you know kind of go to the grammys oh wow to uh, yeah to be you know that. sort of That's yeah cool. and then like yeah so that was like an insane journey for him his own journey completely his own you know uh, but stuff that i've been watching and you know aware of uh, and super proud and happy for him you know but that was about it because i was on my own journey because he is um, quite the powerhouse of yeah. talent and even personality when you meet yeah. him he yeah. kind of he does sort of uh, have yeah. like an aura about him when he's in a room yeah. so yeah i can imagine like that that must be something you wanted to have your own space to discover yes. your Your, yes, absolutely. Um, area of expertise. Get me friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And also, like for you, he's just dad. Also, like exactly. he's not like this international so artist yeah. who's like exactly. doing all these things. Exactly. You're like having lunch <laughs> and dinner with him, up? and he's telling you to sleep on time. Exactly. So the relationship becomes different. Yeah. Also. So yeah. So I mean, so th- all this stuff was happening for him, and it was really exciting stuff, you know. So now, currently, he has like a team of composers and sound engineers, and Uh, a team of like branding you know ideas people who come together to make his company and then he kind of has a segue in between both right and he's also a performer you know so he also uh, has albums that he puts out he also has you know he's constantly playing live you know and he's i've been watching him perform at ncp since i was a child so that's been like a constant thing that also so i'm just like oh god he's way more exhausted to listen to than me for sure but but i've been aware you know what i mean of what he's been doing um and that's when kind of this lockdown actually made me realize that as much as storytelling is so intrinsic to who i am um music is just has always been like i mentioned the first segue at the age of 6 you know to really just understand the world of art and express myself so i think that became clear and i just looked at my goals once lockdown happened to reassess them because my mom said you know my mom's a really practical person uh, so she just said you know covid's happened now let's deal with the situation and let's formulate a new plan for this year because the plan that you had isn't going to happen let's be honest you know so she kind of you know had a talking with me and she said you know why don't you just assess your goals and then try and find a new way to achieve them you know so for me it's like i want to grow in my craft and i want to just be better at it every day and i want to make sure that that's happening in a disciplined manner so um i was training with this wonderful vocal coach called Mariana Almendicruz who's just done wonderful things with my voice for example you know so many people who just sort of have molded me and shaped me i also actually when i was 16 i did i sang a song for solo nigam where he was the music director and i did like a it was like a hindi song with like a different part so there've been you know interesting other influences so i've kind of like i said wanted the space to figure out my own journey and you know 
lead it in my own way. So then I thought about dad and what he's doing, you know, and I wanted to make sure it came from a really authentic place, you know, the choice to work with him, where it was just professional and, you know, uh, nothing else. So I think that's what clicked for me and I realized that, you know, if I work with him, I get the entire gamut of just storytelling, music, performance and grow. Just listening, not just to him, but also all the people that work with him and all that they had to offer in terms of growth. And I think for me, that was key. So I'm also freelance, you know, performing. And, you know, I just shot a music video with um, this music director, uh, called Molly de Suzanne. Um, she's, uh, yeah, she's putting out a lot of interesting stuff called The Piano Diaries on YouTube. So I shot something with her. But yeah, so um, it'll be out on YouTube soon. And uh, so I'm doing that stuff as well. Um, but just sort of making sure that my growth, uh, you know, because that's something you can control. That's what I realized, you know. You can't control whether the industry is running or not, when things will pick up again. But you can definitely control that on a daily basis. You figure out a way, any way, whatever works for you, you know, whether it's having someone mentor you or whether it's you mentoring yourself and setting your own timelines. But essentially just internal mentoring just to be like, I want to grow every day in this particular skill uh, and how do I make that happen? And how do I make sure that, you know, on a daily basis, I'm just getting better and I'm understanding just how a note is sung better, you know, what does this mean and how does it speak to me and what is the idea behind this, you know, just thinking about those things on a daily basis so that my development doesn't stop because maybe over time, then the industry will settle down. But when the industry does settle down, I want ha- I want to have things to offer. You know, I want to have a collective sense of grounding within myself to be able to say, okay, these things I've been working on, this is what I have to offer. And basically come from a space of fullness and from a space of giving. Uh, like some, I read somewhere really interesting about auditions. How go into it with the space of giving, where you have to offer, where you kind of come at it with a space of fullness rather than from a space of emptiness which we can sometimes go into, especially in a situation like this, where we're like, oh, there's nothing. We're empty. We have nothing, you know. But when you kind of dial back a little and you try to look at your resources, however limited they may be, you know, uh, and your infinite internal resources of just your mind, you can actually find that there's a lot that you have to offer just naturally, intrinsically. Um, And I think tapping into that can be great. Like I went for a dance workshop, uh, for example, where um, uh, this dancer, his name is Kunal Sankani, and he runs this thing called Movement Hub. He kind of um, brought to life this lovely thing about how all dancers, they train in a certain form. And then once you compete internationally, everyone knows this form. So how are you going to stand out? How are you going to be individual if everyone knows the same technique? Then it becomes a question of really understanding your own specific strengths and weaknesses. Um, it's also about mastering your craft, but you should also bring yeah. something to it, which yeah. maybe will differentiate you from. Yeah, and just finding your individual voice, you know, um, like look at you, for example, you know, you've got so many things that you do, you know, you're so natural when it comes to acting or when it comes to ideation or when it comes to shooting or your visual sensibilities, you know, or shooting this podcast. So I think just proactively recognizing what it is that you have to offer. Yeah. Um, you know, a I lot of compliments and I'm bad at taking them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I've given it. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, but all true, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You've discovered your true um, core, you know, things that you have to offer. So, and I feel like it differs from each person. And that's what's so delightful then when people discover those and then share it. So, you feel like you're connecting with the artist. There's a sense of authenticity to 
and they're not like every there's something specific you know because every human being is different so it's like even if you've had the same life experiences the way you interpret it is going to be your own voice you know so finding i think that specific those specifics about you and putting it together i think is great during covid because you have the time to just sit with yourself and not compare because you literally can't see anyone right so i think yeah i think that really um helps to see confident like i have another cousin she's been doing ballet for 14 years she's also worked as a da she's worked as a writer with you know amazon and uh, stuff like that and uh, she's also like worked as a costumes person you know um so she has a lot of things going for her in terms of understanding again so that's specific right to her so it's like you have to kind of just look into yourself and be like okay what do i have to offer Let's not go by the template of what's been done, but let me look at new, newness, freshness, and and that can only come from within, right? I think the more you grow and just grow up, also that's something you realize more and more, especially when you're when you're in an industry like this or when you're doing something yeah. a little bit different from uh, like a nine to five job. Yep. You realize that at, at some point it's not like even a competition; like you're trying to differentiate. Yeah. from someone else but he just realized that maybe i like doing something a little bit um out of the norm yeah. so even if like you're a director who wants to act or if you're uh, a singer who wants to perform in theater you know it's like you learn that um a little bit of growth and deviation is okay yes so in a way i don't know it's kind of like a tree no mm-hmm. tree just grows straight up you have all these branches moving yeah. out and So exactly. I think yeah. after a point, naturally, you should allow yourself to uh, have some uh, interests and hobbies that you develop further. And yeah, because I think a lot of people have gotten into this um, sort of uh, race, even that you know, I have to do this, and this is my sole purpose and my yeah. sole goal. And I think society has drilled that into people, yeah. and it's kind of unfortunate and unhealthy. Yeah. because absolutely you should be allowed to grow as a person um you know like as a 360 degree yeah. personality if that makes absolutely. sense absolutely because yeah. otherwise you're going to pigeonhole yourself and you're going to get to 50 and you're going to be like okay i've done this one thing mm-hmm. and maybe you did it really well yeah but then you probably didn't get to experience a whole lot of other things that you might have been not that 50 is old you can probably yeah. do it at 50 also but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely like i feel like you know and the whole i think the whole fundamentals of it comes down to what do you how can you serve society and what do you have to offer to society as a whole and i think people worry that if you don't pick one thing i won't offer the best of myself to everyone but i think what is so possible is what if you don't pigeonhole yourself and you allow yourself to grow and then you might find that you have multiple things to offer and you will do all of them well if you have the faith you know in it then actually you might offer way more than you even society could imagine that you had to offer i think that just comes down to having like you said that faith in allowing yourself to um, you know grow and go in all the multi facets of who you are and really explore that and see you know where that goes and then mold it naturally sure. rather than you know out of some kind of yeah. pressure yeah. just naturally easy you know? and i think that also because you come from a family which has uh, been quite supportive and they are also in the arts and so i think that's also one of the things that uh, it is it's a privilege Absolutely. in a way and i think i'm uh, so grateful honestly yeah and 
also a lot of your family friends yeah. your parents friends are uh, doing all of these yep. things the singers and the songwriters yeah. so that's probably influenced yeah. who you've become Absolutely. as well i think that just made it made me able to just see it as a real possibility yeah. you know like oh this is possible it's normal yeah it's not you know breaking like the mold or something it's just this is normal. yeah yeah Yeah. It's a normal profession like any other. Yeah. You know, requires the same amount of hard work and effort, so let's let's do uh, it. Sometimes a lot yeah, of hard yeah, work yeah. with not a lot of mm-hmm. uh, payout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you're kind of aware money. of that also. Yeah. Which is a good point because if someone um like if there are people watching this who want to get into yeah. it, what what advice would you give them if whether they're singers or actors or since you've done ads yeah. and you've done theater? Um So I think like self how you deal with yourself I think more than what people say about you or you know um what the world sort of the opinions a lot of people will have different opinions about you um but I think how you talk to yourself and the conversations that you have with yourself become key to the whole thing so I had a teacher Anjum sir you know him this is Anjum Rajbali who wrote you know Gulam and an amazing person overall even as a human being um and he's been a great influence on all of us in this thing with all of us students and um, he kind of taught us this lovely way to give feedback you know to a script and he said you know um, it's important to really be honest when you're giving feedback and say this is what i like this is what i don't like because you're not helping each other if you don't do that as co-writers but at the same time make sure to always start with what works because there will be things that work too and i think that's a great analogy to, for how to deal with yourself where we tend to sometimes get very critical and negative and that can limit our own growth Uh, so i think just be to be able to handle ourselves with that balance of saying okay this is uh, me okay roni these are the things that i feel like work for you and these are the things that i feel like you need to i wouldn't say it doesn't work but i would say my sister has a lovely thought uh, which is branching points she calls them um so things that you have grown a certain amount and things that there's potential for growth i would say so you know the things that work for you acknowledge them and say hey these are my strengths And then the things that you might see as your weaknesses, try and see them as branching points, rather than definitive, permanent weaknesses that will never change. Because that's really true. You know, like I can say, body control is something I've been consciously working on this year. And I started off with my fair lady uh, with Raya Banamsi, like say in Jan, I think last year, Jan Feb, I think. And towards the end of the year, by the time I got to Medea at Kothi, I completely my body was a completely different organism. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you have to start when you're six; otherwise, you know, your body—that's it—it's permanent." You know, it's nothing like that. It's just about the mindset. You know, if you're willing to go that extra mile, you know, um, you're obviously not going to have the same energy at twenty as you had at six. But then, if you keep thinking like that, then you're never going to work on your body. You know, so I think having that gentleness with yourself to be soft and gentle, uh, and be honest. You know, say if if you feel like you need to work on something to yourself. but also be um cognizant i think of the things that you can do and your inner power um because i think we so often forget in the race and in looking at other people what they're doing and you know people maybe looking for validation in seniors i think we sometimes forget that we can mentor ourselves uh, and we can you know keep ourselves grounded be conscious of our own strengths um and remind ourselves constantly that yes i do have these weaknesses but i also have these strengths It's like my dad always says, you know, um, when Steve Jobs was doing what he was doing, 
what was he thinking of was he thinking about the fact that he can't ride a bike or was he thinking about the things he could do and could offer to the world you know so it's i think it's just that positive mindset that growth mindset of hey this is what i have to offer why don't i just focus on that and not allow myself to be limited in any way i think i think exactly. yeah it's important to get out of that cycle of uh self rejection exactly. where you're like you know i couldn't exactly or i didn't start uh, early enough because yeah. i know i wouldn't be here if i thought that because i did uh, my okay. bachelor's in management side yeah. before i ever got into film so you know yeah. it's important to just sort yep. of go with it take the risk take the plunge and uh, see where that takes you and, and and normally if you go into it with a good yeah. mindset and like if you're positive about it you will land up Absolutely. you land on your feet basically Absolutely. i don't think uh, i mean you may not like yeah it depends what you want from it if you just want the fame maybe that won't yeah. come immediately but i think if uh, people are willing to be happy with uh, being able to yes. just create their art and you make some sort of a living yeah. out of it that in itself is quite yeah, definitely i so totally agree yeah for sure like you said the rejecting self rejection yeah <laughs> super important i think i think that's the key takeaway from today absolutely yeah i think like the whole the whole concept of faith and just rejecting self rejection are two things i'm definitely taking away from this conversation <laughs> and just I feel like whenever we talk, we have like a little. Thing. I know, right? <laughs> just like nice. a little insight, stuck it away. Put it in the mind palace. Yeah, put it in the mind palace. But having said that, I also want to just put out there that like the I think the joy eventually is just to know that even we who are talking about this, we're also struggling and we're also just figuring things out, and you know, just to just so that it's not intimidating, you know, because. it can be intimidating sometimes that, yeah that's one of the so. reasons i started the podcast is because i want yeah. people to hear it from other people yeah. from people who are also going through the same thing absolutely and who might have just started off or who are yeah. like halfway through their careers that you know it's okay exactly if you've not made it yet exactly but it's not okay to not start exactly like not try you know because a lot of the times the interviews are only of those people who are like reached you know they've done it all you know so then it can get intimidating because then you're like oh okay maybe they've done it but maybe i won't i don't know you know and i think one of the things that i loved starting off you know in the industry is meeting just friends who are doing the same things as me just to get a sense of them and just be like oh god you know just be able to have those conversations say it's okay you know it's okay we're all we're all trying to figure it out we're all in this together it's not you know so i think having that this podcast might just um make other people who are looking for peers and friends just to be able to relate with i think and you know to be able to have that i love that you just you know decided to start this it's a lovely idea i hope people find some value in it so yes yep. uh but yeah that's another thing about film school i always tell people if nothing else if you can um go there just for the connections because you'll probably meet some really wonderful people there and you like i met you in film school and you could probably make some friends for life even who'll be going through sort of Absolutely. the same motions of life as you in your career so i think that's that's helpful yeah. it gives you it gives you a break from people who are doing something else yeah and even like you know once even if like say you can not everyone can afford film school so even if you can't you know if you can great then must do you know but if you can't just don't be competitive when you start working make friends you know like even when you're in the workspace you know see everyone is your friend and because that is one more way where you can connect 
Yeah, I think that's something the industry has changed for the better. Yeah. I've seen a lot of even the biggest actors and actresses have yeah. uh, they've become more friendly and open Absolutely. and people are more accepting and yeah. uh, there's a little less competition even yeah. uh, off screen on sets these yeah. days. I think people are I mean of course there are fights and there's still sure. some elements of toxicity as, toxicity as always, yeah. Uh, as well, always, yeah. Yeah. That's that's never going to go away totally, but I think it's um from what I've heard a much more welcoming space. Definitely. The stress is still there on set. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh that's not going away anytime soon. But yeah. The people are nice. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I think I don't know like we're young, I guess so we don't know how it was before, but I feel like both you and I have had some really pleasant um positive energies come into our lives after, you know. Have you had any weird experiences doing theater though? Like have you had like a co-star doing something out of character or they forget their lines and then they're like, I don't know how to react to what this person has just gone on. Or you know, maybe someone from the crowd who sort of said something weird that got you out of the zone. I suppose. Yeah, there have been like, you know, funny sort of incidents where someone's mic didn't go off and then they kind of <laughs> That stuff. So I think they are, I think as far as uh, like working professionally, I think uh, not so much. I just ended up being really uh, lucky so far, I think, to be just be around people who are very good at improv because that really saves you. So if you've done improv work and uh, I've done like I've done a little bit of sometimes teaching also, you know, with these two organizations called Pure Arts and also some work with uh, ACE as their theater teaching wing. So I was really taking improv workshops and um, being a part of them, being a part of teaching them and just understanding how that helps. And I think that's just a overall lifesaver in the arts, especially, you know, if you're like, even when you're writing, you know, to be able to just not construct it too much, but just immediately like to come up with things that are right here, right now, you know, to make the experience live when it's eventually shot, you know, like Fleabag is a great example of that. Like, I feel like a lot of her writing is so stream of consciousness and allowing herself to like make those mistakes and fumble and you know, that's all part of the human experience, right? So I think all the people that I work with more or less kind of understood that fumbling and these things, you just have to move forward. Like my dad has this great story, I think sort of jazz bands and um, there was a senior jazz musician and a sort of more junior one and he made a mistake. Huge audience, what do you do? He just talks about how that senior musician just moved on. Like it was part of the song. And I think that... Probably is, nobody realized it was a mistake anyway. Yep. So I'm going to say something really profound sounding and slightly pretentious sounding. Um, so if you're able to make the mistakes in your life as part of your song, you're okay. Like especially when you're doing live. Like, you know, I know you're asking about theater, especially because it can be live. So a lot of things can go wrong. Um, but if you're able to just say, okay, let's move on. Uh, and yeah, I'll come back to it and I'll reflect and I'll learn later. But for now, let's keep it going. Yeah, for me, that's interesting because obviously I've never done theater. Yeah. I mean, I've watched your plays and I've oh, watched right. other plays. Yeah. But theater <laughs> is a zone where I've worked um, backstage yeah. in college for fest. Okay. Or... I've just watched as a part of the audience. Right. So that's something that intrigues me a lot because yeah, on a imagine. film set, you can make 10 mistakes in a row and no one will ever know that you've made that error. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you've not hit the record button, if an actor's forgotten their lines, yeah. in a film, that's not something anyone will ever find out about unless they watch bloopers or something. Right. But, 
Um, yeah, you're right about that. I yeah. didn't think of it in that sort of comparative sense, so I never realized. You know, the stakes yeah. are a little bit higher, but I think you'll deal with it so well, which is what I enjoy about theater uh, artists. Nice. I like that perspective. That's a that's a nice perspective to have. You don't realize it when you're doing it, I guess, because it's just so the demand. Uh, it's the need of the hour. Like you have to just to continue, right? You can't. <laughs> yeah, you just you have to like keep going because the show must go on. So, but that's a nice way of kind of putting it, bringing it together. So, I think in conclusion, something I want to make a segment of the show. I want to ask you to recommend just one song to people watching. Mm. Um, that's tough. So many songs to love. <laughs> so many songs I want to share. Or even a movie you want people to watch, or a song you want them to hear. So movie is like super comes to mind super quick. There's this movie called La Strada that I saw in film school, and it's it means the circus in Italian basically, and it's about this like circus girl um, who's really sensitive, and um, this circus sort of ringleader, uh, and they get married, and he's the opposite of sensitive, and uh, it's just a lovely sort of uh, story of the circus people, and it's just the most like every frame in that film is I didn't even want to go to the bathroom like you know I, just, I didn't want to miss yeah, even one that's frame that's when you know that's yeah. when you know exactly and that is literally <laughs> that is literally when you know so yeah so I think like as a film I would love for everyone to go check that film out it's just exquisite um, and I think a song can I do two <laughs> okay so uh, there's a song called Kaha Hu Main um, and I think it's just a lovely moment um, where there's a lot of coming of age experiences that that character goes through because uh, she deals with like child sexual abuse and then, you know, coming out of it and how this sort of lovely, you know, truck person who's kidnapped her actually becomes her savior and her safe space. Um, and the song represents how he's he's kind of decided to take her along and she really feels like she needs him to save her in that moment. So the song kind of describe her just letting go and I think for everyone when they have that moment in life when they realize they're going to be okay I think the song is sort of me just sending out a little bit of like it's okay to not be okay and you will get up there's also a lovely jazz song called Summertime and Summer hasn't been easy this year so I really really have been listening to that song a lot summary and just feel like it's still summer and life's still okay it's gonna be fine oh okay I think that that's been that's been quite the session. I enjoyed I it. I always enjoy chatting with I you. I hope everyone watching has gotten something out of it. What else? Yeah, where can they find you? I've got a YouTube channel and uh, an Instagram page. Row by row woke. Row hashtag woke. And my Instagram and YouTube um, channel just sort of tries to channel to different kinds of art. So I will be putting all those links down in YouTube. Uh, everyone watching on Instagram, you'll have to figure that out yourselves i guess <laughs> yep yep please go and follow ro hashtag woke and i would love to connect with you guys and just share my stories with you guys and if y'all want to see any of the other stuff we spoke about i'll put it in the description all the music all the movies uh, any other references we've made i'll put in some hard work behind the scenes and <laughs> list it down so i'm so happy to be doing this with you because i always love chatting with you because you're so smart and creative and your energy is so like positive so i always love to know what's going on in the world of karan and that mind <laughs> so i'm really happy to be doing this with you as i've enjoyed whether we're doing it in an uber 
over the between in front of a camera like you know it's always i think we should do one session uh, so this is like season 1 maybe yeah. we'll do one in the future like carpool karaoke but we'll do like oh i love that carpool podcast plus karaoke <laughs> i'm so into it i'm so into it all right guys i think that's a great session for today so subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already it's on all major streaming platforms apple google spotify podcast all of the good stuff youtube instagram you can find the podcast on instagram on lifelovearts.podcast so check it out if you haven't already and uh, i'll see you in the next episode with another exciting guest yeah